Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 14th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news and doing it all within 15 minutes or fewer. I'm your host, Trey Scott. If I had to choose, perhaps my favorite thing about college football is the rumor mill which is year-round and, sometimes, years in the works. Take the Urban Meyer to USC speculation, which has been simmering for about 12 months now, ever since it was clear that Meyer's days at Ohio State were numbered. Since then, it's gone from this indie rumor to weekly talking point du jour. Everybody has an opinion on whether it will or should happen. I even have a long-standing $100 bet with my girlfriend that it will. To me, it's obvious. One of the best college football coaches of all time linking up with one of the best college football programs of all time, recruiting the hell out of Los Angeles, and running away with the Pac-12 straight into the playoff. To many others, it's a no-go. They say USC shouldn't even want him given the baggage Meyer carries from how he protected an alleged wife beater in Zach Smith. Or that Meyer's done, that he retired, that he's crushing it on TV. To which I say, how short is your memory? Regardless, as Clay Helton charges through what are likely his final days as head coach of the USC Trojans, and as the Urban Meyer headlines start to sort of become a daily thing, I thought we should talk to Ryan Abraham, the publisher of uscfootball.com. Nobody is as dialed in, and we're going to ask him right off the bat, is Urban Meyer coming or not? Ryan, I'm going to start with a few simple questions. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, though. Give me your percent chance that this is Clay Helton's last month as USC's head coach. Oh, boy. Uh, I'd probably go about 98% chance that this is Clay Helton's last month. I mean, there's the outside chance that USC wins their final two games, that maybe UCLA goes into Salt Lake City, and beats Utah, and then the Trojans kind of back into uh, a Rose Bowl berth, and then, you know, well, or back into the championship game, beat an Oregon squad, and go to the Rose Bowl again. But even in that situation, I just really think that this is going, this is a program that needs to go in another direction. I think the people at USC, Mike Bone, the new athletic director, understand that. But, you know, it's USC, weirder things have happened, I guess. But I would say it's a really high percentage, probably 97, 98% that Clay Helton is gone in the next few weeks. All right, 98%. And maybe you can guess the next question I'm going to ask, Ryan. Percent chance that USC's next head coach is Urban Meyer? Yeah, this one, not as high, obviously. I'm going to go about 33%. It seems like the people we've talked to, there is real interest in getting Urban Meyer. And that in itself is a big step up where traditionally we've seen USC shy away from the obvious hires, the the no-brainer hires. They would do the the outside-the-box kind of hires, people that they're more familiar with, like, you know, hiring a Lane Kiffin or a Steve Sarkeesian or a Clay Helton that 
maybe not wouldn't be high on other people's lists and you know similar uh, status of USC as far as a football program goes, but because it's familiar, USC was kind of embracing that, and especially with Clay Helton not going outside the family, getting someone that could essentially be controlled that is pretty much just happy to be there. The fact that they would actually look at someone that would come in and wield so much power is a is a good first step. We don't know if, if Urban Meyer wants to come back to coaching and if he'd want to come back to USC. He's really good on television, but it seems like there's stuff in place where USC would be interested and there's some interest on the Urban Meyer side. So I'd say probably a 33% chance, one third. I really enjoyed the column you wrote uh, the other day, uh, bluntly titled, Why USC Needs to Hire Urban Meyer, in which you laid out all the pros for him, which are obvious, and I'm going to ask about the cons in a moment. But do you sense, given your pulse of the fan base, and I've been reading the website, I've been reading the Peristyle message board, so I, th- I kind of feel like I know the answer to this. But is this shaping up to be an Urban Meyer or bust scenario, where at least right now, any other name might be a disappointment? Because it seems like the fans especially in the reaction to your column, we're so on board with that idea. 100% yes. It's, uh, this is sort of a set, you're set up for failure, it's, but it, I do feel it does put pressure on USC at this point. They know they have to go out and get a big name. And I think when you're looking at the athletic director side, there was enough mess in the USC athletic department having three straight former football players that things were just not going to be in order. You needed someone to come in and fix a lot of stuff. And they, they got I think they got a good guy in Mike Bone to come in and do that. But on the football side, you can still get an A-list guy as the USC football head coach. You look at the Pac-12, it's ripe for the picking. Like USC can come in with a real hire and start winning championships right away. I mean, they have the talent there. They just have been underperforming and they haven't been developing that talent for years. And you hear a guy like Urban Meyer speak on different podcasts, you hear him on television. He is just, it's like he has a PhD in football culture. And so everyone knows this is the right guy. If you, you've made such a mess of this program, there's really only one guy you can afford to bring in to fix it all in one fell swoop. And it's Urban Meyer. So I think the people in the administration know this. I think it makes them have to take it seriously, but some of it's going to be out of their control. But I think at least with the way the fan base is reacting now, it is putting some more pressure on the USC administration are like, hey, we can't just, you know, US, quote unquote, USC this decision. We really have to go out and try to spend money. And, you know, I know it's going to be expensive, but you're talking about a guy like Urban Meyer. The day he signs, your season ticket sales are go through the roof. Donations are going to go up. Like it shows a lot of the fans who don't feel that the administration has been serious about winning football. It shows that they are. So I think, yes, it's sort of like set up for Urban Meyer or a bust. The good thing is, though, there are some really other, there's some great candidates out there, but you have this one white whale, and so you have to try to go after him first. So now to the cons, we'll start with the baggage that comes with the three-time title winner. Over 30 players arrested during his time at Florida, and more recently, and more importantly, you know, the three-game suspension he served last season for his handling of the Zach Smith incident, in which he was protective of a coach who was alleged to have abused his now ex-wife. And there's some smoke that all of that's a non-starter for USC President Carol Folt, who's new to her job and who has sort of turned integrity into her buzzword. What is her appetite for an Urban Meyer hire? Yeah, so from hearing from Carol Folt, she was asked directly about being involved in the, you know, who the football coach would be. She said, absolutely not. This is going to be a Mike Bone 
you know, it's, that's going to be his job. But we've definitely heard from behind the scenes that there's some apprehension there. But it, I, to, from what we heard, it wasn't a 100% non-starter. Um, I think that's one of those things where she would have to be convinced. I think some of the big boosters, like the Rick Caruso's of the world, the, he's the uh, tr- chairman of the board of trustees, uh, Mike Bone, who does have some connections to Urban Meyer. I think those would be the people having to explain to Carol Fult why this really needs to happen. And I wrote about that with the baggage. Because USC has so much baggage, because they've made so many poor decisions hiring at the highest levels at the athletic director spot and the head coaching spot, that they couldn't afford not to take what you know risk there could be getting a guy like Urban Meyer in. But he's been doing an amazing job at Fox. I don't see people protesting or not watching you know Fox's coverage of college football because Urban Meyer's on there. And I do feel from Florida to Ohio State, there were changes made. And you're not seeing the same type of athlete where it's, it's much more competitive in the SEC, as you know, trying to get guys there. He could be more of a dominant figure at Ohio State and be a little more selective with who he's bringing in. And that would go, I mean, it's even more so at USC, where if USC is rolling, they get all the five stars. There's not like a Michigan that would take guys away. Like right now, you're seeing Oregon get better players and stuff. But when USC is rolling, they get all the five stars on the West Coast. And, and, you know, that's just the way it is. So you get a guy like Urban Meyer. He doesn't have to go out and get guys like you saw at Florida. So I think he progressed from Florida to Ohio State. And uh, yeah, I mean, and if you read the report, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of kind of he said, she said stuff going on with what he was going on. But he served the three-game suspension. I think they would have to, you know, talk to him about all those situations and make sure this wasn't going to be an issue at USC because USC's got their own problems in there. And, you know, if they feel good about it, they could move forward. But I think some of it's going to be convincing uh, new president, Carol Fult, that, hey, this is this is the right guy. And to no fault or Mike Bone or Carol Fult, there were so many bad decisions made by former presidents, athletic directors, and head coaches. They're sort of stuck now. Like, hey, this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime situation. There's only one hire that's going to get us out of the huge mess that has been dug, and that guy's Urban Meyer. Do you sense there to be any apprehension on Urban Meyer's side, any sort of hurdles regarding USC? Like, basically, if he wants to get back into coaching, it makes sense that USC would be the top choice for him. But, you know, as someone who's covered the program for so long and, you know, you keep bringing up sort of how messy it is, is there any reason why Urban Meyer would not want this job if he does want to get back into coaching? Not from what I've heard, and it's hard to picture just because – there are so many advantages to being USC that even when you make bad decisions at the highest level, you can still win. I mean, a couple of years ago, USC was one and three, gets blown out by uh, Alabama, and they won the Rose Bowl. And I just couldn't do that anywhere else. Like, there's a level of incompetence there, but you have so many built-in advantages that you can overcome a lot of those things. So when you get a really good coach in that situation, and they get all the athletes. Like, if you look at the 24-7 sports talent composite, the last two years, USC has the number four roster in the country behind, you know, Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama. So, I mean, they're up there with the talent. They just have performed such levels below that. So a guy like Urban Meyer, I think they see a real opportunity where, wow, just having someone really, you know, just someone competent, you can do good things. You get someone that's exceptional, like an Urban Meyer, you know you can kill it. And the lack of competition on the West Coast where you can dominate like Pete Carroll was doing, and we've seen other USC dynasties of the past, where it's hard to do that, I think, in the Big Ten, certainly harder in the SEC. And if you take a job like Florida State, which he would never do, but 
I mean, you got a you know a juggernaut like Clemson there in your backyard. So I think the situation, if you're Urban Meyer, why do you want to come back? So you can be a championship winning coach at three different programs. I think that's the best opportunity you would have is at USC. Yeah, given the Pac-12's path to the playoff, given the talent remaining on USC's roster, I know the recruiting class right now is a mess. I've enjoyed your tweets about it. They're number 76 nationally, but you would assume Urban Meyer, even in a transition year, would probably be able to ink a top 15 class. It looks like you know if, if the Trojans get Urban, maybe they're two years away from a playoff. I'll send you out with this one. If it's not Urban Meyer, and I know right now we're in Urban, and bu- or, urban or Bust, who else might it be? Give me your best other name. Is it James Franklin? Yeah, I think James Franklin is probably a good one. And you know, I, I to me, I you know, I think Penn State's a great job. I wouldn't have thought that as much as being a possibility, except you know, people that I trust that are you know national college football writers have mentioned his name more than once. Like we've heard the you know, is Brian Kelly gonna you know is his run at Notre Dame is it you know run its course? It's been a long time since he's been there, or like a Matt Rule what he's been able to do at, at Baylor. Uh, I mean, I think there's some good names out there. PJ Fleck just signed an extension, but he's a super hot name just having, a, you know, beating uh, James Franklin. And I think, I mean, there would probably be some really good names, uh, you know, like the guy at Memphis or whatever you're, you're talking about. But I think for USC, they can't go there yet. They need someone a little bit more proven because of the, the way they've made the hires in the past. I think they don't leave themselves any opportunity to bring in someone that you could see as a potential up and comer uh, at a, you know, at a group of five kind of school. But I, I think they have to go power five. I think they have to go get someone that's a bigger name. And, you know, James Franklin is probably the biggest. And, um, you know, that, that wouldn't be a bad consolation prize, I guess you say, if they don't get uh, Urban Meyer. He's someone that, you know, won at Vanderbilt's doing a really good job at, at Penn State. And I'm, I'd be curious to see what he could do in Los Angeles. Good stuff, Ryan. Can't wait to see what happens. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, that was great stuff from Ryan. I'm really excited to see what happens with this storyline over the next month. On the one quick item of news, and it's I think it's great news, that uh, Chase Young, his eligibility is going to be restored after this weekend's game against Rutgers, and the Ohio State Buckeyes don't need him for that one. They're 15.5-point favorites, but this is great. Uh, Chase Young will not miss four games, as someone has reported. It will just be two, and that means he's going to be back in time for Penn State and Michigan. Look, I don't think... He's going to have a chance now to chase the all-time sack record. He has 13 and a half. Uh, he's not going to get to 24. He really probably could have if he had gotten to play against Maryland and Rutgers. And maybe this hurts or kills his Heisman chances or even his shot to get into New York, given now that he's been embroiled in the NCAA controversy. So it's a shame that he misses the stat padding portions of Ohio State's schedule. But the fact that he's back for these two massive nationally televised games against Penn State and then Michigan is great for college football, great for Chase Young, great for Ohio State. So this is a good step, in my opinion. 
All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing to help spread the word about the show, such as leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Connor Tapp, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you next time. with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula 1 motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.